RadioInfluence.com. Hello, guys. What's happening? How are you? Had a great, 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 great week. All right, I'm going to bring on my guest. I got a lot of stories. Got a few stories. What happened this week? I actually went to a concert. Oh, my God. Yeah, what's that? You remember Rick Wakeman, you old geezers from Yes? He is 73, 74 years old. He was incredible on keyboards and piano. It was at the historic Capitol Theater, not in Jersey, but the Capitol Theater in Clearwater, downtown Clearwater, with my best buddy, Whitney Johnson. It was a great night. Oh, my God, man. Old habits don't die. (laughs) I'll tell you all about it. Also, baseball is back. Who cares about the negotiations and all that crap? And all the baseball, baseball, spring training is here. Regular season right around the corner. Let's play some baseball. It's in my blood. Yeah. So we'll get into that, but let me welcome in my guest. He is just Mr. Consistency, just consistent. He's not, not, not a lot of flash. Not any gimmick to try to make it. He is the play-by-play voice on radio for the New Jersey Devils of the NHL. Now, for all you Lightning fans from Tampa but that follow me, oh, what are you doing putting on a Devils guy? That's the opponent. That's the enemy. Now, listen. Listen. Wait till you hear what Matt Lachlan, that's my guest, has to say about what the consensus is around the NHL about the Tampa Bay Lightning. But he has been in the New York, New Jersey, Metropolitan, the number one market in the country. He has been employed in the media for 30 years. And when you are being paid to work in this crazy broadcasting business for 30 plus years, you are doing not only something, you're doing a lot right. And we sat down in downtown Tampa. He was here for a game against the uh, the Lightning, and he couldn't have been more gracious. He's a friend because, you know, I'm formerly from New Jersey. Yes, it's in my blood. And uh, what a good guy. What a good guy. He did this for me. They, they flew in. They packed it. They put their bag. Their bags were up in their room. He was going to dinner. Said he would love to do it. We sat outside on a beautiful night in downtown Tampa. So without further ado, what a good dude. My man, Matt Lachlan. All right, Matt. I am so happy to be talking to a New Jerseyan. <laughs> and we're sitting at the beautiful JW Marriott in downtown Tampa. You're here with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, but I still got my New Jersey roots, and you're still doing it, and with the Devils, and thank you so much, man. You're looking great. How you feeling? <laughs> Rock, I feel great, and it is great to see you. And when you sent the invite and asked if I could do something, I was like, of course. We go back so far, and it's just great to catch up with uh, an old, familiar face. You know what? I tell this story. The, one of the Super Bowls that was here a long time ago, and Warren Moon had just either had just retired or it was in his last year, and I said, Warren, I'm so happy. And I was only in my 40s at the time. I said, oh, I'm so happy that you're still doing it. He goes, I get that a lot from guys that are older. They love seeing the guy that's still doing it. And I'm so honored and happy, man, that you're still doing it at such a a high level. Well, you know what? I'm really lucky. Um, I, I got this job on the radio side 16 years ago. But before that, I was doing some TV work, as you know, covering the team as well. So I've been covering the Devils in one form or another for over 25 years. It's amazing, man. I amazing? cannot believe it. You know, and that's on a full-time basis. Part-time, it goes back almost 30 years. So very blessed, very lucky to have this run. And with a little luck, I'll be able to play it out another few more years. But I, I love what I do. I get to see the best athletes in the world do their thing in the best league in the world. And it's just a joy. You know, um, I, this is this is... We're taping this probably a week or two weeks before this will drop. But Sunday night football, Al Michaels did the game with Collinsworth with the uh, the Bucks game. And he walked by me. And even though he, I looked it up, I think he's like 78 or 79. He's pushing 80. And when I hear him, sometimes you can hear you like, oh, wow, he's, he's, he's losing it. 
he sounds fantastic and looks good. And I'm like, wow, wow. I mean, you know, as long as you sound good and you, when you're sounding good and, and you, you're not losing it mentally, right? You're, you're some, okay. might, some might say I have just a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to keep up with it. As you know, it's an incredibly fast game and players coming on and off the ice every 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And so it commands a lot of attention at it. And at the end of the night, you are a little tired because it's such a focus. Yeah. But yeah, talking about people who have been able to do it for a long time. And, you know, I'm not putting myself at all in the class of, of, of an Al Michaels. But I remember watching him when I was just starting in this business. So his career has been incredible to watch and well-deserved. He's a Hall of Famer in every way, shape or form of it. But there are also others. Now, I don't know how many people listening to this will recognize the name, but you will having been up in New Jersey. So Stan Fischler has covered hockey. I think since there was chicken wire as opposed to plexiglass or any kind of glass. And he's going to be 90 in March. And he just got inducted into the U S hockey hall of fame and he's still producing content and he stayed relevant. Yeah. I mean, I love puts out a newsletter. Well, he did. Then he got hired by the hockey news because it was so successful. So it's those awesome. guys like that are inspirations. And one last story, because we don't No, wanna... no, no. Stories are what podcasts are all about. <laughs> well, that they is love true. stories. So this is not about anybody in the business, but the other day, uh, I'm a graduate of Seton Hall, and there was a story put out by Seton Hall that a longtime employee of their food services division had passed away at 104. She worked until she was 102. <laughs> and because of some connection her grandson had, she was interviewed by Mike Francesa on his show. Now, that was when she was 100. It was just before, maybe it was after he had retired, but come back. Right. But it was right in that neighborhood. At 102, she was clear as a bell talking about working every day, how much she loves that it. She loves sports. Her grandson loves sports. She loves seeing awesome. Hall. So those people are really inspirational, right? The idea of retiring at 62 or 63, which was what everyone's goal was my parents' generation. Right, right, Forget right. About there you that, go. I love I that. I want to keep going. Right, right, right. The other thing for me is, for you, it's the hockey players. For me, when I was growing up and growing up in Jersey, and if we ever went to a Yankee game or a Mets game at Shea, and I used to think that, you know, wow, they're men. Now, when I look at players today and I see, even in hockey, when I'm at the Lightning and guys that are the healthy scratch and they're sitting in front of us and I'm looking and they can, some can't even grow a beard and I'm like, they look like kids, yet they are the best in the world. Isn't that unbelievable? It, it is amazing. And I know there's a nostalgia for the old days. Well, it was so good back then. And these kids, they don't know how to fight and it's a soft game. But their skill level is off the charts. The speed that they can play this game out is phenomenal at such an age. You know how I started to, quote unquote, age? So when I first started in the business, first off, growing up a sports fan, right, sure. they were older and those are the stars, right. right? Whoa, then they would retire, but I would still be young. And then I was lucky enough to get into the business and those guys were still older. But then there would come a couple in who were my age. And then they were a little younger than me. And then suddenly... My children. <laughs> I have three boys, and the youngest is 24. And we have Jack Hughes, who's 20, you know, Ty Smith, who's 21, uh, Dawson Mercer, who's 20 on the team. And I go, they're younger than my children. So it's, it's funny how, you know, you mentioned how you saw it, and I see it the same way. Like suddenly, are there kids who are younger than my children and how are they doing this? It's amazing. So I don't think I've aged, but you know, we've moved along. I know it. I know it. The guy that cuts my hair an older guy, Sally's like, you know, he's talking, he's a single guy. And I think he's 80 and looks fantastic. He goes, the thing about it is with men, our minds, when I look at these girls in her 20, I still think that, wow, they're beautiful. They'll talk to me. And yet, you know, I'm so old. You know what I mean? I'm like, I know what you're talking about, Sal. Then he's like, it's all expensive, blah, blah, blah. So when you started, when, here's the thing. Now you've been a play by play, uh, for, for a long time now. Did you, there are some guys that they know that's what they want to do. They'll go in the minors and they'll do, you know, the long bus rides and all that. There are others that maybe they were an anchor, maybe they were a host, and then they got a chance to fill in and that. What was it for you? Did you always want to be play-by-play? And was it always hockey? 
No to hockey, yes to play-by-play. I went to Seton Hall, worked at the student radio station, and got out and wanted to pursue a career in this crazy business. Did not go into Seton Hall, as many students do now, thinking media. Yeah, that's me. I mean, there's so many who go in and like, yeah, they want to be the next radio host, the next podcast host, the next play-by-play guy on network broadcast. And I didn't. I went into being an accountant, quite frankly, but fell in love with the radio station because they were broadcasting Seton Hall games. At any rate, so I get out and I said, all right, let me try it. And I was looking for anything, as most of us do. So I started working for a radio station doing news, some sports. And at the time, then, there was this local cable company called Suburban Cablevision. They had a local channel called TV3. Bob Lee was the first sports director. Bruce Beck, who's you know made a name in New York, but also nationally working for the NBC Network. He was the second sports director, and I got a chance to work with Bob briefly while I was, while I was still at Seton Hall, and he was at Suburban. Then he left for ESPN, one of their first employees. Right. So we're going back in the way yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce takes over. I come in and work with him, and then he leaves, and I take over. Anyway, so I just was looking for any way to stay in this business. So what happens, as you know, you follow the path that leads you to the highest point you could go. And it just turned out to be, while play-by-play is what I wanted to do, what got me to uh, regional television uh-huh. was doing pregame shows, postgame shows, intermissions, and what have you. Doc Emmerich is doing play-by-play for the Devils. I would fill in for him when he would have his national broadcast or he would you know, be at the Olympics, what have you. So I would do... 14 games, 15 games a oh, year. Wow. So I get my hand in it a little bit that way. And, but when this job opened, Doc was still doing the Devils on the TV side. And I had to make a decision. I thought, I really wanted to be a play-by-play guy when I started. Right. The Devils had an opening. Right. Honestly, at that point, I wasn't moving to pursue a job. I was very happy doing what I was doing. But in my own backyard, the team I was covering on the TV side was looking for a radio play-by-play announcer. And I thought, if not now, when? Yeah. And if I want to be that guy who, you know, kids are falling asleep to at night listening to the game as I was that kid listening to my Mets broadcasters and Knicks broadcasters, then I had to at least apply for it. And Lou Lamorello, who had seen my work and saw my work ethic, I hope that's what sold it, Uh said, I don't know that you can do radio because it's a big change. And he was absolutely right, but I'll give you a shot. So, yes, the dream was to... I said, the beautiful play guy. Wow. But no, it didn't happen until very late. And so therefore, I didn't have to ride the buses. I didn't do American League hockey. I didn't do ECHL hockey. I don't have those funny stories about buses breaking down at the side of the road and six guys jamming into a car to get to the rink, uh, all of which is part of our culture in hockey. But I didn't have to live it because I was lucky to kind of move up and get in and then switch over to play by play. You know, I'm assuming Frank Viola. The great Frank Viola. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went to St. John's. That's a rival ride. And met. now he was down here for a while and he did some stuff with us. And his kids were finally grown. And he's like, I think I'll get back into coaching. So he was in, I think it was the Staten Island mm-hmm. yep. Mets and this and that. And he, he did it. And then I talked to him. He, he, he did playoff work for us. So I said, so Frank, what was it like? And he goes, Actually, I'm healthier. I, 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 I quit drinking beer, you know. And I said, really? How? He goes, the damn bus rides are so long. The coaches sit in the front. And when you got to take a leak, you got to climb over these kids to get to the back. And it was too much of a pain in the ass. So I just stopped <laughs> drinking. And I'm like, that's, that's hysterical. That's but I mean, the, the bus rides and all that. Can you imagine when you made it big and then you're starting out? In, in coaching or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to go back. Sure. And, you know, obviously he had an itch that he wanted to scratch and he was able to do it and, and, and good for him. But that is funny, right? So he started, sure, the buses with St. John's and then low minors with in his professional career. And then he, then he traveled on charters and first class hotels and suddenly he was back on the bus. Good for him, right? I mean, I think one of the things, like you doing this, uh-huh. You love media. Yes. You're still able to yes. produce content and yes. there's an audience for it. And like, it's, it's not work. I, I like to say that, listen, you work hard. I'd like to believe I work hard. Anyone in the business does. But my dad was a construction worker. He worked. I earned. Right. Like, you know, he was bruised and totally from his job. Totally. Uh, and I earn a living. So uh, if you can do it, why not? If you still have the passion and the joy and you can produce Let's go. Now, are 
are this long time that you've been doing this, have the players changed at all? Or not really? You know, you hear all oh, these kids nowadays and da 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 da. What about it? What what what, 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 what do you think? Well, there are some obvious changes, right? I mean, you sign a contract, you've been a star in junior, you get drafted, you finish your junior career, maybe spend one year in the minors, and then you start in the NHL, and you're making almost a million dollars. That's different. Gordie Howe, and I don't want to sound like the old man, get off my lawn. Those guys didn't, right? There weren't the guaranteed contracts. The money has definitely changed things. But what has not changed about hockey is it still has a culture of... I don't want to say respect because I think the other sports, the athletes respect what they do and who they're dealing with. And even though the money is putting a wall a little bit because they're living a life that I don't just because of their financial wherewithal, there's still a culture that's passed down in the sport that like, and I'll use Gordy. Well, Gordy Howe did this. So Wayne Gretzky said, well, if Gordy does that, I'm going to do that. Yes. If Wayne Gretzky did it. Then Mario Lemieux did it. And then if those two guys did it, then suddenly Steven Stamko says, I'm going to do it. I was it. just thinking of that. And just so, thinking of that. So they, it, it has been passed down. Yes. Now, yes. is it different? The charters, the hotels. I mean, this is an unbelievable place for staying. Oh, at, my right? God. Oh, my God. It's first class all yeah, the way. Yeah. Me, clean sheets and a pillow. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is phenomenal. So all of that has changed. But the idea of understanding that the fans pay the bill and they want to talk to the fans through the media that that has stayed there but the athletes are far different they're far more conditioned it's a 24 hour day seven day a week 365 day focus you know right. you're talking about frank viola said right right you know i stopped drinking because right. i walked by right i mean whether it was good or bad part of the culture of hockey and most athletics was okay game over night sure out yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 now you charter to the next city and so you don't have that chance and these guys are so focused on their bodies like they don't i won't say they're not all saints and they're not sure all sure 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 but i'm saying it's not like it was where they were like hey tampa's out tonight we're gonna be out tonight so it's an even game everybody's watching their calories and deciding if that piece of kale is gonna put them over the top isn't that amazing yeah. isn't that amazing what about as far as when you're in the moment and it's so exciting and you're in a packed arena and I'm assuming, especially even if it gets to the playoffs, do you have to, uh, you know, try to contain yourself from, from you know, still still being a professional, not going overboard? You know what I mean? What, what, what about that? I'm sure you have your own style. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, some you hear like these college kids, and they'll you hear a tape, and they're out of their minds. And you know, and I guess you got to know, and you've done it so long when to when to be quiet and when to let the action. You know, but radio is different. Radio is different than TV. So. Oh yeah, for sure it is. But I, I do think that the bigger the moment, the more focused you are. Which is not to say that tomorrow is not important and I will prep the same way, but you understand the stage, right? I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Having been in the media as long as you have, you, you understand when it's the moment, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, whether you're going live, big hit, at a big breaking story with the Bucks and your people right. were tuning in. Right. Right. They want you versus an update on, you know, a spring training story. So you understand that, that, there are moments that are bigger than others. So you try to build to that moment. Certainly like you're like, okay, this is a playoff game. This is a Stanley cup final. I was lucky enough to call it in 2012. Hopefully the devils get back into relevance. (laughs) Uh Fairly certain Uh in terms of being a playoff participant, but at any rate, those moments are special. So yeah, you do elevate, you do understand the audience is bigger, but you try to celebrate goals the same way. Now, when Adam Henrique beat the Rangers (laughs) to send the devils, to the Stanley Cup final, that's a moment. And you are excited because you know everyone who's listening is pumped. Uh, so I may not call a goal tomorrow in the same fashion because it won't mean as much. But I'd like to think you're still as excited because it is the moment. It's every, You're playing a game for a reason and it's competition. Now, with this podcast, I'm trying to expand out, not just be Tampa people, but I mean, this is where I live and da da da. And I, I don't like the Zooms. I like it like this. You know what I mean? I'm curious, what is the consensus of the Tampa Bay Lightning organization throughout hockey, throughout the NHL? And I'm not saying it because we're sitting here right. uh, across the street, right. literally from the arena. 
first-class envy of a lot of organizations the way it's run. And for a couple of reasons. First off, enormous success, right? That's what everyone aspires to, and they've been an elite team, a two-time defending Stanley Cup champ. But even if you think before that, what they were doing in the four or five years before that, going to conference finals and going to the Stanley Cup final. So an incredibly successful franchise. And I don't know if the lightning or the blueprint, but they're certainly a prime example of what happens when ownership sinks its teeth into the community. And Jeff Vinnick and the rest of his partners have done that. It's primarily he and his wife. They're the front. I'm sure he has partners. But what they have done is phenomenal, whether it's the money they give out every home, every home game to a community group. Uh, they have bought into the Tampa Bay region, not just the city. And they benefited not only is the you know there's a beautiful beautiful building that sells out, but they've made investments in the community. And listen, they should reap those benefits. So most franchises, I think, look at that as a blueprint for success. And I know our ownership group has invested heavily in the city of Newark, heavily in hockey in cities in New Jersey, Jersey City, uh, Newark, uh, Patterson. The hockey is for everyone notion. We're very, very diverse. Not that it isn't here sure. in Tampa. Very, sure. very diverse community. Yeah. And so we've done a lot. We open our arms a lot. That's what I say. We open our arms and embrace Northern Jersey, Central Jersey. You get down out of Philadelphia territory. It's oh, no, no, that, yeah, you know yeah, that. No, no, no. no. South really, Jersey's Philly. <laughs> hey, it's just the way New Jersey is constructed, right? The, the barrel tapped at both ends, as ben Franklin <laughs> is alleged to have said many years ago. Um, so uh, our organization has taken that where they've not been able to be as successful right sure. now building toward it is on the ice sure. and it takes some time. I don't have to tell you and the fans who are listening from the Tampa area, Tampa area know that before Stamkos and Hedman, the reason they got those guys is they were terrible and they had high draft choices. So it wasn't great. That's a good point. But you hit the home run and you have whatever it is, 12, 13 years of success. And that's what the devils are aspiring to. But the other stuff yeah. they're doing, and that's why this is a first-class, well-run, and well-regarded organization. Yeah, they. Do. I've, I've been at these things where these outdoor rinks, and it's really like, uh, you know, for, for, for kids, just to get kids, you know? And then look at it, it's in Florida. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing, selling out for so many, so many years. It's amazing. Well, and one of the things that I think people notice who follow hockey is that when a team goes into a market of, quote-unquote, non-traditional market, whether exactly. it's Tampa or across the state yep. with the Panthers or in Dallas or San Jose. You can pick any of those non-traditional. L.A.'s been around a long time, but that was non-traditional. doesn't take long before the game grabs hold and players come out of these areas and are making their marks, and a number of them in the NHL, but others in college playing at a very high level because the sport grabs you and pulls you in. And if it gets support, as it does here and it does in New Jersey... You, you reap the benefits of that, too. Awesome. Uh, how long do you want to keep doing it until they <laughs> tell you you can't? You still Do you still enjoy it as much as when you first got the gig? Oh, I absolutely do. And, and that, you know, that might be a standard line you're supposed to give, but it's absolutely true. Flying down here was awesome, not just because we were about to get hit with a snowstorm up north. And even though it's cold as we record this for Tampa Bay people, right. or Tampa people. 62. Yeah, so <laughs> for her. And the season. You know, uh, it, it's lovely. No, I love traveling. I hated what happened last year. I understand why it had to occur. Listen, we were living in a pandemic. We had to make adjustments to accommodate getting a season in, and that meant not traveling. And I hated that, doing a game off a monitor and uh, doing a game with no fans. And So I am thrilled to be back on the road. I'm thrilled to see great parts of this country, Canada as well, and seeing the action in front of me. As for how long, yeah, I think the standard line is as long as they'll let me. And 102, like that woman who worked at food services. I want you to be the first. <laughs> Hit the 100, the century <laughs> mark. That would be awesome. Appealing. What's beautiful about this is it's a seasonal job. I mean, I work from September when camp opens right. to when the last game is played. Now, I do other things for the team, too, but it's not every day or it's not three times a week. So there is work over the summer. But even the quote-unquote worst would be you go to the Stanley Cup final and you're done in June right. and you've got July, August, and half of September before you report to camp. So 
why not? It would enable me. As, I'll do this as long as I can because I can do other things. Yes. Uh, it's not five days a week, right. 50 weeks a year. So I will do it as long as I can. I, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to be the person who slows down yeah. because you happen to have been there a long time. Nobody's telling you that. Right. And that's, it's a voice that's familiar and you're like, you're missing too much, but yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. I don't want to be that. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but how long, I don't know, but I'm going to keep trucking, man. Cause I love it. Second to last one. How much preparation goes into calling a game? I think fans, that's the one thing when it comes to play-by-play. And it is its own entity. I can't do it. I tried doing it, and it's I can't do it. I'm not a play-by-play guy. I tried doing some high school stuff. The amount of preparation, though, that you have to do, fans don't see that, right? Did you ever go into it where you didn't, you weren't able to prepare? And when you're not prepared, you're nervous and everything? What about that? Man? Yeah, well, you're right. One of the questions I get is, so uh, so you show up like around when the buckets <laughs> drop, right? You're there from like 7 right. to nine fifteen. No, it's not quite like that. Uh, so there is prep work. There's no question about it. You know, tomorrow there'll be a morning skate for both teams and I'll be there. Uh, it may be optional for one or the other or both, but you're still at the rink gathering information, doing interviews for the pregame show, et cetera. Tonight, I may do a little work, but certainly all day tomorrow. You know, you're preparing your chart. You're updating it. We played Tampa earlier. That helps. And it also helps that I've been around a long time, so there's not been a lot of changes on Tampa. The names are familiar. If you can't pick out Stephen Stamkos or Victor Hedman, you're just <laughs> not paying attention. So that helps. But you want to be... You do want to be prepared. You want stories on everyone. Might be a game like the last time we were here, which was phenomenal. It was great for the Devils. Incredible come from behind victory. You don't need as many stories. Might be 7-1 against, and you got to have some stories and be able to fill the time because it's entertainment. That's what it's supposed to be. People want to be entertained. So you do have to do a, a lot of work. A lot of it, though, is also cumulative, as I mentioned, having seen Tampa Bay and having done it as long as I've done it. Right. John Cooper made his debut against the Devils. I don't have to, and, and, and wow. won that game. Wow. I know that. I was there. So that helps. I would say, though, it takes about two and a half hours to do a chart. How about that? Um, How about that? And then the other work you're filling in doing interviews. So it's an all-day affair tomorrow for sure, and part, partly today, and then I'll prep for Carolina after that. As for, to answer your question. Yes. There are times, for whatever reason, uh-huh. you just can't do as much. Maybe the life has you doing something. It is. Maybe life. there's something at home. Right. You're prepared, right. not as much. You couldn't spend as much time. It is as uncomfortable a feeling as you have. I could tomorrow just because I've been sure. blessed to do this for so long and Tampa's been a familiar foe. I probably could do no preparation. Right. right. You go in, you know the number. Boom, boom. Right. Record. You have a sheet. Who scored how many goals? You just call the action. Horrible thought, though. <laughs> I it, it would be, I would be shaking like a leaf, and I would not be happy with with the product. You could do it, and so there have been occasions when it's not been what I wanted to be. The preparation for right, whatever reason right. is very, very uncomfortable. Isn't that true? You get into a routine. Isn't that true? All right. I'm sure you get this a lot, especially when you go back to Seton Hall. I saw you did a basketball game. Your bow. That must have been awesome. What advice do you give to aspiring play-by-play or broadcasters, kids that want to do this? What would, what, what, what's your advice, Matt? So it's changed over the years because when I broke into the business, there were not nearly as many opportunities as there are now. And so persistence is a very important part of it. But you had to try to get through to the station manager or the executive producer who was going to look at your tape or listen to your reel and make a decision. And so you just had to figure out a way to do that. So it might be calling the office before the secretary got in as administrative assistant or after when she left or he left and that person would pick up the phone. Crazy little things like that. Email texting has changed all that. You can't get to anybody, right? (laughs) But you can still be persistent by building your own reel. Why not do a podcast? Why not do a talk show on Devils hockey? If you're a Devils fan, if you're a Tampa Lightning fan, why not have your take on it? The internet enables you to do whatever you want. Might be six people listening, but it's six people that you can develop to 10 to 15 to 20. Just keep working, listening back to what you do. I can't thank you enough. Honestly, man, you don't age 
and you sound great still. And thank God we're both healthy, right? That's the number one thing. Amen. That's it. For sure. But uh, continued success, man. Thanks so much, Matt. Oh, it was so good to see you. Like I said, when I got the request, I was thrilled. So it's good to see a a longtime friend and spend some time. And you're kicking it with this. Because of Twitter and social media, you know, we can follow each other from afar. And I see and uh, hear what you're doing. It's awesome, man. Thanks, Matt. You know, Matt is such a good guy. And and so here's the deal. We did this several weeks ago and, you know, I've, I've been able to stockpile some pretty big names in broadcasting, but yet I don't want to wait too long to put Matt on. And I was like, no, that's it. Stop. I don't care who's next. And I got some big, big, big names, you know, national, nationally known, no, I am putting on Matt. No, this is ridiculous, you know? And uh, here we go. So, Matt, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Continued success. I love it. 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 Just hard work. Hard work and being a good guy. That's the key. That is the key. I have found that out. The next couple of podcasts, when I ask my guests, you know, what is their advice? That's basically what I get. Be a good, if you're a good person and you work hard, You'll, 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 you'll make it. And whatever you do, you got to work hard and don't be a jag off. (laughs) That's the bottom line. All right. Let me start with baseball is back. Now I started playing baseball. You know, I grew up in New Jersey. I had a paper route for so many years. So I was on my bike and it was a seven day a week paper route. And if you're an old fart like me and you had a paper route, you had to collect, believe it or not, you had to go around on a Saturday because that's when most people are home and ring the doorbell and get the money for the week. And I had a couple of little uh, mom and pop little place in Dover. And one guy was such a jag. He'd throw the money on the counter and it'd fall on the ground. And I told my father, my father wanted to go down there and beat the crap out of him. Um, but anyway, uh, and then we just go down to the park or we play in the street or we play in the field. I play baseball all the time. And then of course, pitched in high school and pitched in college. Uh, I walked on at St. Leo down here in Florida. Then I transferred to William Patterson, which was division three. Uh, St. Leo was division two, but quality of baseball was good. And then I pitched in men's leagues and amateur leagues all the way through till 44. And then finally, my, my shoulder was shot and had to get my labrum and all that. And then I went back at 50 and threw again in the 18 and over. And I had to go back to Dr. Coco Eaton. And he goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? He goes, Rock, Satchel Page even had to retire. I'm like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> if you want to throw to your son and throw, you know, throw the first pitch for these little things, do that. Don't be whipping it around. You know, it's over, man. So I just wanted to preface that by saying I am a baseball guy. Now, I'm also honest as I can be with this thing. I, can, I What about you? I am amazed if you are such a diehard baseball fan Can you actually sit on your couch or on your living room chair and watch a four-hour baseball game? Like, I cannot. It's too, it's, I can't. I got to be doing something else. I'll have it on in the background. Now, I'm going to make more of a concerted effort to watch a little bit more, but I don't, do you have four hours a night to sit on your couch? Now, that being said, I can I do watch a full football game beginning to end. Yeah, not a problem. But baseball, you know, they're trying all these things. They're trying to speed it up. It is what it is. I love to go to a baseball game with somebody that I enjoy being with, whether it be a buddy, whether it be my wife, daughter, son, friend, And just, I love being at a baseball game. And actually, now, I don't eat hot dogs anymore. I I don't think they're that good for you. It's not that I wouldn't want one or two. My daughter, early on, got turned out of a hot dog. She's been asking. We've been like, "Uh." But if I go to a ball game, I'd love to have a hot dog. Pop that mustard on there. Put a little relish on there. Have my beer, too. 
might get a pretzel maybe with the with the with the mustard on it. You know, I don't sit at home. I don't go home. Like tonight I'm not gonna have a pretzel with mustard. <laughs> you know, tomorrow I'm not planning on having a hot dog. But there's just something about being at a baseball game. Peanuts, peanuts. I don't crack the shell in, in my kitchen uh, shells and, and eat peanuts, but I do it a baseball game. And there's just something about it. I actually like that, that there is no shot clock and there is no clock being a, but I'm just being totally honest. Like at home, baseball games are, I, I, I can't. And I marvel, I marvel at those that, that can. Here's another thing. When I was, when I was growing up, and then all the way through from high school or college, or when you go, when you pitch in these local leagues, men's leagues, MNMSBL, the NABA, uh, you know, whatever, amateur baseball leagues, usually, and I always like to pitch in 18 and over. I'm like, if I'm going to be out here throwing and throwing my curve, my slider and working it and all this stuff and during the week, throwing the ball against the wall, doing some running, I am not going to be going on 35 and over. Even when I was in my forties, I was still pitching in 18 and over. I'm like, I'm, I'm still going to go in the, in the quality, you know, the younger kids. And the thing about it is when you, when you pitch in the younger leagues, you see the the legs, like the speed, like they can go from first when they were 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds. When you, and you say you're 42 or something, you're playing I, their their speed, their range, <laughs> even arm strength. But I will tell you this: a lot of times, I would rather face younger hitters, like just coming out of high school, 18 and 19, than I would guys like in their 30s that have been around, they seem to be like tougher outs. I mean, you know, hitting, you don't have to be running that much. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? But my point is that um, I I don't know if it's attention span or what it is. Is it me? And I, I do have some friends, whether they're Yankee fans, you raise fans, wherever, wherever they are. And they will tell me that they will watch a four, four and a half hour game on weeknights and they got to go to work the next day. And that just, it just amazes me. Oh, well, here's the thing that I meant. So all the years that I'm pitching and especially in amateur leagues, you got to, if you're not pitching that night or you're just maybe going to do relief or you're just there, you got to, somebody's got to do the book. I hated doing the book. It's all, it was like homework for me. Yeah. Like I want to be playing. I don't want to do the book. And then when I got into broadcasting, now I was in TV for so many years. So I would go to the games and I'm doing either pregame, postgame, I'm doing stories. So I wouldn't have to do the book. And I noticed that all the play by play and I guess color guys too. I know play by play guys all do a book and like it. Uh, there's guys that cover that I know that, that are beat reporters cover that, that do a book every night and enjoy it. And I don't, it's just like when you go to a bar with a bunch of people and it's time to party, get a package on, get a, but I'm not into competing, man. Like foosball darts pool, you know, I am now done competing. During the day I compete, when I was working all the time, I'm competing. And now when I'm at the bar, I'm chilling. I'm hanging. I'm talking. I'm laughing. I'm not all out playing darts, foosball. I just don't compete when it's time to, to relax, you know? And, and it just cracks me up on, on the book thing. I'm like, well, I guess I could never be a play-by-play guy. Because, you know, but some people love it. Some people love it. But baseball is back. That's what I'm saying. We got it back. I don't care. Isn't it funny? I was the same way. And I'm hearing a lot of people like during that thing was dragging on. Like, you got to be kidding me. This sport that had been losing popularity in the United States, call it it like it is. You got to be kidding me. Delaying the season. You might not even have a seat. You're going to lose fans. And then once it was announced, they've reached an agreement in principle. Spring training starts today, the next day. Boom, ball, ball, play ball. No one, no one cares anymore. Let's get some baseball. You know, it's still America's pastime. NFL is the king. College football is right up there. 
And then, of course, you got NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. So baseball is back, and I love it, 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 I love it. And we used to play in the street. We would play pickle. I would go to my friend's house, John Chegwidden. We would pitch to each other. We would throw. We would hit. You know, it was all the time. It wasn't. There was no travel baseball when I was playing. There was no that's the only time that you're really going to play is when you got to go to practice. You know, we just played all the time. And I just don't, I just don't see that. I just don't see a field ever. When's the last time you saw an empty field where there were kids just playing, playing baseball. They had a bat, they had a baseball and they had their gloves and they just picked teams and played. When was the last time you saw that? When? 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So, but bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. All right. My concert experience, my friend, I haven't been, I don't even know the last time I went to a concert. And then of course we've had the COVID and, you know, and you, you hadn't had anything and I'm not going to watch a zoom con uh, concert. I, I just, I, I, I'm not a zoom guy. I am not. You probably know that if you follow me with this podcast, because I do every podcast in person, every single one have not done a zoom yet, but, uh, so Whitney Texas text texted me, Whitney Johnson, my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. He is from Succasana, Roxbury, New Jersey. I'm from Dover, New Jersey. It's a, like 10 minutes away and I'm like, but I don't know, three years older, is it? Three and a half years older? But we, we we never knew each other. We had been at the same place. One time I was like, did you see Twisted Sister at the final exam in Randolph? He's like, yeah. I said, I was there. We were probably in the same place. I saw Willie Dixon at the Stanhope House. You gotta be kidding me. Like, isn't that funny? But I came down here to Florida 28 years ago. Whitney was in radio. We were at competing stations. We covered events. And then when I got into local TV, he went over to 620 where I was. And we covered stories all the time. We would hang out together. There were days where we would drink a couple of beers. And uh, if you haven't heard the Whitney Johnson podcast in his Grateful Shed that we did in his house in St. Pete. You can go back to Radio Influence. Just Google it. You could, it's there. We told some of those stories. So anyway, but now, you know, he's married. He lives in St. Pete. I live in uh, Upper Pinellas. And so, you know, we just don't, we don't, we don't hook up. It isn't like my wife. My wife and her girlfriends, they call, they make arrangements. They plan like weeks in advance on when they're going to get together and just go for a walk. You know, I imagine if I said to Winnie, Winnie, let's go for a walk. Let's, let's, let's have a walk. What are you kidding me? Uh, but anyway, so, and if I go to his place or we meet and I'm going to drink some beers, then how do you get back and all that jazz? So he just, they just don't do it. So Whitney texted me and he said, Hey, you back? That was back meaning from the combine. I said, yeah, I'm back. And he goes, want to go see Rick Wakeman, Capitol Theater, Tuesday night? And I went, in. I'm in. Thanks. Now, that's the first time in a long time that I did that without checking with my wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, I checked with Emily. Nothing was on the schedule that she needed me with the family for that Tuesday. And so, it was on. So, great. I said, okay, great. So we made arrangements to meet. So I already started mapping out how I'm going to do this. And I'm not going to drink beers and drive home. Ain't doing that. I'm like, all right, well, let's see how we'll do this. So then when my Emily got involved, I'll give you a ride. I'll do this. I'll pick you up. No, you don't have to pick me up. It's almost like I'm a little kid. Like, ah, you don't have to pick me up. So anyway, and it's funny if I meet, if I was to meet Whitney, like at a bar, I'm going to drink a lot more than I would at this concert. Because once you're at the concert and you're in the row and you're watching the show, we're not going to be drinking then. So anyway, to make a long story short, he said, okay, we'll go meet over and uh, we'll meet here. We'll meet at this bar O'Keefe's. Whitney goes, okay, down. I said, you got it. So my wife gave me a ride and then I was going to take Lyft back. That was my plan. And so... 
I, she said, I'll just call Whitney and see if you can meet him maybe at the mall. If he's got to come up this way and this way, I'm like, oh my God, we don't, I'm not going to call him back. I'm like, can you meet me on your way and all this? Like he said, I'll see you at O'Keefe's six o'clock shows at eight. Boom. And boom. That's it. I'll be at O'Keefe's. I'll catch you there. No need for these details. And we were getting ready to go. My wife had it. Mama, she's got duties, man. She's got to pick up Addie at the school. She's got to get her over to this thing at uh, this thing and then later to dance. And she's going, oh, we're meeting at the mall. Didn't you call Whitney? No, I never said I was doing that. No. Oh, my God. Now it's going to be tight. Oh, my God. Do you want me to just drop me off in there? And then we weren't talking much on the way to the thing. She's like, it's miscommunication. You know, you're not communicating. No, I never said that I was calling Whitney back to try to say. So to make a long story short, then finally, like, I have a good time. Don't, I'm, I'm going to rush it. now. I'm like, oh, my God. So drops me off. And she goes, oh, I'll pick you up. No, 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 that's fine. I'll take lift. No, I'll pick you up. No, like she's different. She likes to be picked up, brought like if it's to, to the, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not like that, man. I'm out now. I'm out for my night. Like, and don't worry. I'll be home. I'll make it home. So anyway. Went there, she dropped me off. And if you're not familiar with downtown Clearwater, it's loaded with Scientologists. It's actually a very quiet, really nice downtown, but you don't see a lot of people down there because they own all of the land, much, so much of it, and they're in all these buildings and they keep to themselves and they got security and this and that. So I started walking there and then I'm like, oh, it keeps us all the way down by the hospital. All right, it's a beautiful night. I stopped in for a slice of pizza on my way and it's great. Like, I don't know about you. I don't have to be with somebody. I can have a good time by myself. That is never a problem. I can go anywhere by myself and I'll have a great time. I got no problem talking to people or whatever. And then if I'm not having a good time, I'll head my ass home. So I, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm by myself. I'm going to concert. I'm going to meet Whitney. You feel like you're, you know, young again. <laughs> you know, when you got, yeah. So I had that, I had a slice of pizza. I stood outside and then there was another, there was a guy. He came out and he had his beard. He's like, oh, excuse me. I said, oh, I was just stand up table. I'm like, is this your table? He's like, I, I'm in your spot, aren't I? No, no, no. And then we started talking. He just moved down here this and that and this is the place to be and Florida's been so open and oh my god we're in a great spot and I'm like yeah 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 you know it you know it all right finished my slice boom started walking boom 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 go to O'Keefe's Whitney texts me I'm already in a booth boom we go in boom bar made over boom let me have a beer let me get another one for my buddy and away we go Whitney's like I'm gonna get something go for it Jay I didn't know if you're gonna eat so I got my pizza I'm good I got something to sponge up the buzz and we were off to the races. So we hung there for a good hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes, had a blast, had a good buzz on. Now we head over to the concert. Actually, it's kind of hard to get parking because the, the, it, was, it was a sold out event. Da, da, da. And then we went down row seven to the side of the orchestra on the left hand side. I had a buzz on. Uh, he came out. One man show. No vocals, no band. And I started thinking about it, maybe because I had a little buzz on, but I said, I'm going to go to the bathroom, Whitney, because I just want to make sure I'd go to the bathroom before I sit down. Yeah, that's what happens when you're older now. You got to think about these things. So, uh, all right. And then they heard the bell and he's like, come on, come on. We, uh, we, uh. And um, I was thinking about it. I'm in the bathroom. I'm like, wow. Like, yeah, I got to MC an event with all these rock bands in a, in a week or two, which I can't wait. I got asked to do it. I'm getting paid. It's going to be great. I'm excited about it. Really nice people for a great cause. The best of local bands and a uh, whole day thing in St. Pete. Looking forward to that. But I was thinking that, wow, all these people, this is a sold out event. He's a one man show. He's 73 years old. Like this many people still want to pay to see him. And he's got to perform. He he grabs the mic in between songs. He's got jokes. He's sarcastic. He's he busts on himself, and it's about being. And he's hysterical. And when he gets on the keyboard and in the piano, he's amazing. And it was awesome. Then they had a, a intermission, and I went. I got a big water bottle for Whitney and myself. 
And then I ran into a guy that I know and blah, blah, blah. How you doing? What's going on? And I get back to my seat and we had a great, 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 great time. So that was great. Then we walked back to our, Whitney's car. I said, Whitney, which way are you heading? You heading down Gulf to Bay? You going to St. Pete, right? Yep. All right. Go down there. Drop me off. Drop me off. What about Hooters or something like that? I said, yeah, I'll lift back. Hooters or uh, another place that's right near there, Pete and Shorty's. I said, beautiful. Do that. So drop me off there. That way he doesn't have to go out of his way. I'm a little bit closer to home. I ordered my lift. It's going to be 11, 12 minutes. Boom. I order a beer inside. I'm sitting outside. It's a beautiful night in Florida. And I'm just like loving the freedom to just do what I want to do by myself. It's amazing. It was, it was, it, I was like, oh my God, I came home, boom, 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 girls were going to be going to bed, say goodnight, sat outside on the patio, just thinking about the whole night, like that was fun as heck. Oh my God. Thank you, uh, the man upstairs. Thank you, Jaybird. What a night. So I thought I'd just share that. Maybe left out a little detail or two, but uh, it was it was one heck of a night, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alrighty, um, you know what? Let's see, what do we got time wise here? Oh, that isn't too long. Okay, uh, I've got a couple of big name guests. And so we will do that. Matt Lachlan, you are the man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So baseball is back now. We're getting closer to playoffs now for the NHL and the NBA. Uh, we right now are in March Madness, which is fantastic. Oh, my God. I used to play uh, basketball a couple of times. I went to this place and stay overnight in a, a tent and then play basketball all day, party at night. Oh, my God. I don't think I could do that anymore. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'll be doing that. Well, I, I don't think I'll be doing that. But anyway, isn't it funny how when you get older, your mind still is the same? Still is the same. You know, when you're thinking, you think, but, you know, you're not. <laughs> anyway, listen, thanks a lot for listening to this one. And I'll talk to you next week, right? God God willing, man. We'll all be here again. We'll hang out next week. Thanks. I'll, I'll talk to you then. Looking for studios in the Tampa Bay area to record your podcast? Radio Influence can help. With two studios on either side of the bay, Radio Influence has you covered. Engineered and produced by longtime radio professionals, achieve the excellence in podcasting that you and your listeners deserve. For more information or to schedule studio time, email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. Radio Influence, the future is now.